The views, information, or opinions expressed during the filming of this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent any church affiliation of host Raynaud Kent. Well, I want to welcome you to the Not Safe for Church podcast, where we serve the saints and the ain'ts. I am your host, Raynaud Kent. And usually right now is when I would introduce my co-host, but um, there's no co-host today. So right now I want you to like, comment, and subscribe. And the reason there's no co-host today is today I'm going to tell my story why I left the church. Oh my. How you? Oh, why I left the church. Somehow I found myself back in church last night. Long story. But all right, before we get into why I left the church, I am going to do this ad. One of our partners, Bell Solar and Electrical Systems, um, they are women owned and operated, been in business for 15 years, best of Las Vegas for two years in a row for solar and electrical categories, A-plus with the Better Business Bureau, founding partners with Henderson Silver Knights, the CEO was was awarded, Forbes 30 under 30, and last week if you were watching, the CRO was on, and she just gave an amazing story. They are all about giving back. They have given over $100,000 in nonprofits. Check out Bell Solar and Electrical Systems today. And let me tell you something, if you need solar on your house you need to make sure you say that i sent you okay say that i sent you so you know i can get some commission praise the lord but yeah check them out today bell solar and electrical systems today well guess what we're gonna get straight into our topic today i am gonna be talking about why i left the church why i left the church man this is crazy i never thought that i would be on here saying that huh Well, I think I would start off by saying I was raised in a Christian home. Like I was raised in like that Christian home where like, I mean, my parents went to church every day. Like y'all see, like that's my mama, that's my daddy, that's my sister, that's me. And um, we always say they could put names together. They just couldn't stay together. Literally, my dad's name is Harold. My mom's name is Renee. It's like R-E-N-O-L-D, Raynaud. And then my sister's name is Harmony, Harold, Renee, Harmony. And yes, they could put names together. They just couldn't stay together. But I was raised in a Christian home by amazing parents. And like, they're just, they were just amazing to me. Like they literally uh, set the foundation for me to live a life where I could love God and I could serve God. And um, the crazy part is I just really don't remember a lot of my childhood. Um, And sometimes in life, uh, you don't remember a lot of your childhood because of maybe trauma that you went through. And um, when I was four years old, I was molested by my babysitter. And um, I think that that was the thing that started my kind of weirdness with the church. And I'm not saying um, I got molested because of the church, but uh, my female babysitter went to our church. And um, so it was just always that awkwardness of like the person that did this to me goes to my church, but like I still love church. And I think that that was the thing that really kind of started this weird, like dysfunctional relationship with church. Like back then I didn't know that, but now looking at it, um, I think that that was the thing that started that dysfunctional relationship. And, um, I remember just, um, always knowing that God was real, like going through something that tough at a young age can be a lot for any kid. Like I still remember when my parents uh, took me to the courthouse, they took me out of school to testify about the trial. Like I remember it clear as day. And I remember just knowing God was real. And I remember even when I was going through all that and my parents were there for me, I remember my parents always reminding me that like God loves you and God is still for you. 
but I think, I don't know. It's just, it's just like, man, like if God was, if God really loves me, why would I have to go through all that? Like at such a young age, like why in the world would this have to be my story? And I think the hardest part about being molested is I think it plays such a big role in my story. And I always wonder what my life would have been like if that wouldn't have happened to me. Like, I will never know what my life could have been if that wouldn't have happened to me. And that has been like the hardest part of my journey. Like always wondering like, God, like what if that was not there? How would it look? Um, But I also remember being young and discovering that I had a gift to sing. I remember my first song that I ever led in the Sunshine Band Choir. It was a seek ye first the kingdom of God. And um, just Matthew 6.33 and all these things shall be added on you. And uh, I remember praying before I sang. And when I was singing, it was like something took over me. It was like this presence, this spirit. It took over me. Like I had phrases. I had riffs. I had runs. And when I was singing, it was just coming out melodically. And I remember having a gift at a young age, but also having this big insecurity. And that big insecurity was my teeth. And uh, even to this day, my teeth are something that I struggle with. Um, I've had braces. I'm, back then, my gums were like sticking out my mouth and I had to have gum surgery. Um, I have braces and now I have Invisalign right now. And it's just like my teeth have been my biggest insecurity. And I think a lot of times when we have insecurities, sometimes we'll use our gifts to hide our insecurities. So I think a lot of times I focused on being the funny guy, singing really well, being being like, you know, the star of the show, being like be, always being the one because I had so many insecurities. And I thought that when I sang or when I told a joke that people wouldn't see my teeth, that they would just see me. But really, I just got so caught up in perfecting my gift and never dealing with my insecurities. So I became a teenager and uh, when I became a teenager, I always thought I would have a show. Like, people be like, Renault, where did this podcast come from? You can ask my friends in middle school and high school. I have the videos hit on my personal YouTube account. And I used to have a show called The Renault Show. And I would shout out my friends from high school and middle school. I literally, forever, I always was like, I wanted to be on TV. I thought, like, I really did. And I remember one time, uh, my mom had took me to this audition thing. And I didn't make it. And I didn't make it. And I never know why I didn't make it, but I felt like I didn't make it because of my teeth. And I think after that, I put that dream of like media, TV, arts away. And that is when I was like, I'm just going to be a worship leader. I'm just going to focus on leading worship. Like God gave me that gift. I'm going to focus on that. And I focused on that because, you know, worship leaders, they could be fat. They could be ugly. You know what I'm saying? Mighty God. They don't, it, worship leaders are not all that. Some are, but you know, some are not. So I literally was like, I'm just going to focus on that. And uh, for the majority of my life, I focused on just becoming the best worship leader I could be. And I remember in high school, people would say, what are you going to do when you get older? And I would say, I'm going to be a worship leader. Because I remember one of my friends told me, and back then I thought this was so much money. I was like, one of my friends was like, oh yeah, my worship leader makes $40,000. And a year. And I said, oh, well, I'm going to be a worship leader. And so I literally just started saying, what are you going to be when you grow up? I said, I'm going to be a worship leader. I just, and I really believed it. Like, I was like, I'm going to be a worship leader. I'm going to be a full-time worship leader. That's going to be my job. And I literally focused on that dream. But I never dealt with my insecurities. And uh, in high school, 
I ended up doing a lot of things that I am just not proud of. Um, I ended up making decisions that just were really not my best decisions. Um, I think about, I shared this on another episode. Uh, there was a time where my best friend uh, was uh, talking to somebody. And then when my best friend was done talking to that person, I kind of slid in and I did some stuff. You know, I slept with the person. And I think about things like that. And like, I know I was so young and I was like 17. It didn't really matter. But like my insecurities had me making decisions that were not beneficial to me. Because I didn't know my worth. I didn't know how great I was. I didn't know that I didn't really get that. Like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like I am really okay that I would make a decision to affect a relationship that I am so close to. Somebody I call my best friend, somebody I call my ride or die that I would literally sleep with somebody they talk to. Like who does that? And I remember in my high school, uh, they came out with like this page and um, it was like all these like confessions about bad stuff. And I remember seeing my name come up on that page. And that was a night where I was like, I didn't know if I wanted to live anymore. And I often think about like, my story could have ended there. And uh, my best friend, Diamond Nicole Ray, in this picture, our senior year, that's our senior year, like months after that, she called me at 2 o'clock in the morning. And she said, she said, I'm there for you. I got you. We make mistakes. But it's okay. You're going to make it. And that night, I didn't take my life because God sent my best friend, Diamond Nicole Ray, to save my life. And I can never, ever repay her for that. And people always ask me like, Raynaud, how do you know God is real? Because that moment, I mean, who's up at two o'clock in the morning? And she literally saved my life. But insecurities will have you do things they're like, you're just not proud of. And I know you're like, Renault, when are you going to tell us why you left the church? All this plays into why I left the church. A lot of times when we don't deal with stuff, it'll catch up to you. And so literally life goes on. Things get better um, because, you know, life is like a roller coaster. You have good days. You have bad days. You know, I get to college. Um, and when I get to college, I, I got there. And the only reason I went to college is because all my friends were going to college. Kayla, Diamond and Sean. They were like some of my closest, closest friends in high school. And they were all super smart. And um, so I went to college just because they were going. And I also never wanted to be that person that told people to go to college that didn't go. Because I was always like, how are you going to tell me to do something you didn't do? Make it make sense. No shade. I'm just saying what I'm saying. And uh, so I went to school. And uh, when I went, um, I literally got there. I said, what's the easiest degree? I was asking people. Somebody said counseling. So guess what? I said, sign me up for counseling. I was like, you know, I probably, you know, I want to be a worshiper. I'm like, I mean, you know, you got to counsel the worshipers. Because, you know, worshipers always got some drama. You know, they can't keep themselves to themselves. So I was like, I'm going to go to school for counseling. And uh, when you are a counseling major, you have to go to a counseling session. 
So you know me, you know, I think I have myself together. You know, I've been through some stuff. I overcame suicide. God has been good to me. You know, I come in the counseling session and I see Janine and I sit there. You know, I'm like, yeah, Janine. And next thing you know, Janine risked me a whole new one. And as a counseling major, you have to go to one counseling session. And that one counseling session has turned into six years of counseling. I'm still with Janine today. And I remember sitting there saying things that I had never said out loud before. I remember talking about how my parents' divorce affected me and how I felt like a lot of my life, I just wanted to make them happy because I felt like I wanted something good, even though like they didn't stay married, I wanted to be the good thing that came out of their marriage. So I put unrealistic pressures on myself to make everybody happy. I wanted to be a people pleaser. I wanted to be the person that made everything better. And so me and Janine, you know, while I'm in college in my undergrad, we're like working together. We're still talking. And, uh, So I hear about this opportunity in Arizona uh, after I graduate. And um, that's me at Point University, the college that I graduated, two degrees, not one. Remember, I have a master's in strategic ministry, but I don't really do ministry no more. I guess this is ministry. Um, And uh, I hear about this program in Arizona. And clear as day, I hear like the Holy Spirit. I have these moments with certain times where the Holy Spirit is like, okay, you're going to Arizona. So literally I get to Arizona And uh, Arizona is a place for me where I realized God could do the impossible. A lot of people told me when I got to my master's program and I was a worship, my my focus was worship. uh, They were like, you'll never get a job because you don't play an instrument. And whenever people say you can't do something, that means God can do something. So I used to be like, okay, whatever you say. And I really believe God. Whenever I go to Arizona, it's like my faith comes alive again. Like, I'm just like, I believe. Cause I told people, I said, I'm gonna have a job by March 1st. And I really believed it. Like I was looking around like, yeah, March 1st, I have a job. And when I tell you, I signed the dotted lines for my job at the church in, in Vegas on March 1st, 2019, I'm not lying. I signed it in, uh, in Georgia in the Bonner's basement that we printed it out. And then I sent it back to them literally. And so right here, I just want to pause for a minute and just say, when people are telling you, you can't remember, God is saying you can, God does the impossible. So people are like, oh, you, you, you don't play an instrument. And I'm not saying I shouldn't learn. Maybe I should learn. But what I'm saying is when God has a purpose and a plan for you, he will get you there no matter what. He will literally put the gas in the car. He will provide. He will do whatever it takes to get you where he wants you to be. So, okay, I get to Las Vegas, right? And I get my dream job. The thing that I had wanted since I was a teenager, I had became a worship leader at this great church. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, like my dream came true. And like six months in, I started to have this feeling like maybe I should have dreamed bigger. Like no shade, but just like, I... I mean, I went to school and did all this for this. Like, I could have dreamed bigger. Like, God, if you was going to really do it. But I think a lot of times we have dreams and we don't really believe that God can do what he says he can do. So when we get there, we're like, oh, this is all I asked for. And God was like, you could have had the whole table. 
You could have had the whole building. But guess what? We dream so small. So I get there and I'm in the job. And um, a year into the job, um, I become a pastor. And uh, I remember that day like it was yesterday. I remember going in there thinking, what the heck am I doing? I just had so many things going on. I was figuring out so many things. And I was like, can I? But I felt like that was what God wanted me to do. And I know that was what he wanted me to do. So my parents flew here. And uh, I was commissioned to be a pastor. A pastor. A pastor. A few months later, um, the pandemic hits, like even worse. And uh, I realized my whole life, there were a lot of things I was not dealing with personally. In my whole life, I kind of sped my whole life up. And I never really stopped to think. Like, literally, I went to high school, went to college, did an internship, then went to Arizona, then literally graduated. The week later, I'm starting my job at this church. I literally never stopped. I just, I just kept going. And I realized my whole life, I have been trying to run away from the realities that, that I was going through. Like, I literally thought that if you, if you have a gift and you, you know, just use it for God, that I think I thought that, like, I could hide behind the anointing or I could hide behind. And it was like, no, the pandemic hit. And it was like, oh, no, you got to deal with your stuff. Like, Raynaud, if you don't deal with it, it's going to take you out. Like, you're, gonna, like, you're not going to want to live no more. And so I literally started going through this season where, in my heart, I kind of started walking away from what I always thought, what I always knew, and I kind of start putting a gap there. And uh, my counselor told me, she was like, Raynaud, um, you need to meet people outside of church. So that's when I started joining the run group. I started joining the gym, and I started to realize God could use the real me. Not the church me that I put on when I walk into the doors. Not the pastor me that I pretend to be. Like God could use the real version, the real jacked up, the real confused, the real like I don't have all the answers version of me. And so fast forward, I'm literally sitting at um, SJ's house and I'm complaining about my job. And um, all my close friends know, uh, like the last six months of me working um, at the church, I would complain about it all the time. I never complained about leading worship. I love leading worship. It's who I am. But I complained about how I felt like I had to put on all the time. 
I had to be somebody else to sing these songs. Like I couldn't just be like, man, sometimes I cuss. Sometimes I have a bad day. Sometimes, sometimes like there's so many things like I just could, it felt like I had to live to this unreal pressure, this unreal expectation. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. So Eshe was like, Eshe and Zoe was there. He was like, so, okay, like, how long are you complain about it? I was like, I don't know. And then they were like, Renaud, if you weren't working at the church, what would you do? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I would do this podcast called Things You Shouldn't Say in Church. And they were like, why don't you do it? And I swear, in that moment, it was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do a podcast. Then literally like the next day, I hear somebody talking about Quan, and I'm like, okay, who is Quan? And da, 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 da. and then I'm like, oh, let me message him. And then, then you know, I, I message Quan. Then I come see the studio. And the next thing you know, in two weeks, I'm doing a podcast. My grandma said she's gonna sponsor the first one. And then literally, I put the first episode out, and I mean, the whole world spinned. Literally, I I mean, you would have thought that I had beat my wife. You would have thought that I had uh, that I was uh, only fans having said. I mean, you would have thought that I did something. And literally, the only thing I did was let people speak freely about where they are with God. I didn't sin. I didn't. I didn't even cuss. I literally just let people speak freely about how they felt. And I never said I agree with everything. It was just a show of me being who I am all the time. If you know me, you know I keep it real. I dare, baby. Probably sometimes I keep it too real. But like, I literally, so fast forward, I get to a meeting. And uh, in this meeting, it was like the most beautiful meeting ever. uh, With one of the pastors at the church I was working for. Most beautiful meeting ever. Like literally, I can't say anything bad. Uh, and we come to three conclusions that I could either be a podcaster, I could be a pastor, or I could be a pastor with a podcast. And in that moment, I had been so done with church and just tired of living a role, the pressure and, you know, they said they was going to give me some money. So I was like, okay, I'm on, you know. I was like, okay, you know, a little money to, so, I, so I can figure out life if I decided to leave. And um, I don't know. If they wouldn't have gave me the money, I probably wouldn't have left. But um, I texted them the next morning, and I said, I'm going to be a podcaster. And that was the hardest thing I ever did. It was the first decision that I made, not for my parents, not for church people. I have finally decided to just live and be me. And the hardest part was, I was like, man, will I ever get to sing again? And, you know, I sing in my house by myself, but it's something about 
when we're singing together, we're believing together, everybody in the room is on one accord. And like, it's this presence, it's this spirit, it's, it's this fire that I can't explain. And I was like, will I ever sing again? And a lot of people are like, Renaud, you left for other reasons. You left for other reasons. I mean, I really left to do the podcast. But yes, there were other things. I don't have the answers on everything. I'm still trying to figure out my life. I don't know what my future looks like. I had dreams at 25 of being married, having kids. I don't know what that looks like. But I was literally in church on Sunday. And um, I heard this song. It's called Wait On You. And these last few lyrics just really touched me. And it says, in all of the questions, they come second to the one that I know is true. Yeah, you always been true. And that is what I am holding on to. I have a lot of questions. I don't get everything about church, but I am going to hold on to what I know is true. And I know, I don't, yeah, I don't have it all figured out. I I don't. I'm singing again. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to hold on to the one that is true. So this is my story. And uh, I wanted to tell my story because, you know, I'd be hearing a lot of stuff in the streets. So you heard it from me first. This is why I left the church. Well, we're wrapping up this episode, but we can't leave without a word of the day. If you live for their acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. I am in such a season where I am living a life that is most true and beautiful. And it is the most amazing journey to be on for so long i lived to be accepted by everybody and uh a lot of times when i felt rejected i would find myself in suicidal thoughts and different ideas but i'm not doing that no more and i think for so long i had this idea of like the perfect worship leader or like how how the perfect worship leader is supposed to be like they're supposed to act like this say like talk like this you know like I'm Raynaud. I love Jesus and I'm going to be myself and I'm going to live for his acceptance because if I have the approval of heaven, I don't need the approval of man. And so, yeah, that's the word of the day. If you live for their acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. Well, y'all, we're wrapping up this episode. I would like to thank my sponsors, my co-hosts. And I want to remind you to like, comment, and subscribe. I want to thank, I don't know who sponsored this episode. Oh, my Lord, I can't remember. Somebody sponsored it, and it'll be in the bio, okay? Thank you for sponsoring it, whoever it is. I'll shout you out next week, okay? Praise God. And, uh... Yeah, I want to thank Claiborne Loose for this awesome music. And make sure you follow us on NSFC Podcast. Till the next time, Jesus is for everybody. We out. Ah, ah, what, what, what? Woo!